Welcome to Talent Up, Elevating Leaders. I'm Joy Hall, the Communications Director for Leader Onboarding. In this episode, we have a special guest. Margaret Schuler is the System Vice President of Revenue Cycle at Ohio Health. She's an excellent example of a leader who takes ownership of their transition. As we all know, the landscape of healthcare is changing, and it's been Margaret's goal to build resilience in her team to meet that challenge. Because she has been so successful, our managing partner, Linda Reese, sat down with Margaret in her office to discuss her journey as a leader in this respected regional healthcare system. Thank you, Joy. And Margaret, thank you for joining us today. Sure thing. You're a leader at Ohio Health, and it's a regional healthcare system that's known for being a great place to work. Um, Your company is also very successful both operationally and financially. What is it about Ohio Health that you find compelling? Well, there isn't just one thing. There's a couple of things. So I have been here at Ohio Health for 12 years now. And what I find compelling about Ohio Health is Ohio Health's compassion for our patients. We put our patients at the center of everything we do. Our mission statement is to improve the health of those we serve, and we take that very, very seriously. I'm a leader that's driven on purpose and on servant leadership. And being at Ohio Health allows me to fill the bucket on two levels there. Again, purpose and being a servant leader. The other aspect of Ohio Health that compels me to stay here as a leader is our pursuit of excellence. Uh, We do not shortchange anything we do. And again, keeping that patient at the center of, of what we do, we pursue excellence at the highest level whether that's billing or registering or bedside care for our patients, we take excellence very, very seriously. And that is an amazing trait for Ohio Health. And it's a differentiator for your health system. It is. It is. Margaret, you were promoted to your current role in 2017. Can you tell us a little bit about your role and how you prepared for it? Sure. For those of you that don't know what Revenue Cycle is, Revenue Cycle Uh, takes what we oversee is the registration, scheduling, all of the coding, the billing, the collections, the cash posting, and that's why it's called the revenue cycle. It's from A to Z. We work closely with the patient before they get here, when they're here, receiving their service, and then after they go home, uh, we touch the patient all the way through their care journey. So what has prepared me for this role? I've been in the revenue cycle for 22 years. I can now say, unfortunately, over two decades. And it has prepared me to a degree. There's a saying that I love to use, what got you here is not gonna get you there. And so I had previously mastered the technical aspects of revenue cycle. But in moving into my new role, I knew what got me into this role was not going to sustain me in this role. And that's actually, Linda, when I reached out to you for some help, because I knew I couldn't do it by myself. And uh, I've been on this journey for two years with a leader onboarding and partnering with you, Linda, which has been terrific. Well, and the thing that struck me about you transitioning into your new role, Margaret, was how seriously you took it and how open you were to all the different things we needed to talk about and how you really completely leaned in. And it's a great testament to you, but it's also a good example of the return on investment that happens when a leader does take managing their transition so seriously. 
So how do you think that your commitment to onboarding has changed your outcomes in the last couple of years as a leader? And, you know, not just the onboarding work we've done together, but what you've done as an, a leader and how you've evolved and, and led your team as a result of your transition. Yeah. So coming into this role, I really wanted to step back uh, knowing the future of healthcare was on a journey transitioning from volume to value as reimbursement gets cut and utilization of services goes down it's looking at our business differently and managing the health of populations so all of the landscape of healthcare is changing and i wanted to make sure that we would have a team that would be resilient enough to make it through that journey with healthcare and i knew again our team in our division what got us here was not going to get us into the future. So I took that very seriously in my new role as well as the leaders on my team and throughout our division and revenue cycle that we really had to look at our culture to make sure where were our gaps and where were our opportunities. I wanted to make sure I was aligned with senior leaders on where we were going or where I wanted to take the team and get that stakeholder feedback and input. So leaning into this, being very vulnerable about our opportunities, becoming very self-aware, feedback's always a gift, but hearing feedback that maybe wasn't something I wanted to hear was really important, again, to embrace the feedback and figure out how are we going to change, again, with the idea in mind, the landscape of healthcare is changing. Um, we got to keep the patient in the center of what we do every day. And how do we start changing our operation again to be uh, successful into the future? Thank you, Margaret. You know, one of the things that I, that I think is unique about your transition and part of why you've been so successful in it is that you've been really systematic about how you've approached it. So you've built a foundation with your hiring manager. You worked with your hiring manager focusing on it. You worked with your team in a variety of aspects in your transition, and you also expanded it out to focus on your colleagues and how you were going to be working with different parts of the business, and you got feedback from them and had other engagements with them. You had a variety of sources of feedback. I worried a little bit that we gave you a little too much feedback at times. You had level set early feedback when you were fairly early in your transition and learning about the impact your transition behaviors were having on others. We did the team alignment process where we really evaluated the extent to which your team understood what it needed to do to be successful and felt they were set up for success and that you understood them as well. And then the culture snapshot. And what was remarkable of those three, you did lean into all three pretty significantly, but what you did when, with your response to the culture snapshot findings was the thing that I found most remarkable. And I'm hoping that you can tell us a little more about what you learned when you were doing that and where it took you and your team as a result. Great. So again, leaning on feedback is a gift. I, I knew I needed feedback to figure out what a roadmap would look like. And I wanted to go from a very transactional team to a very transformational team. And I knew I, we needed the feedback. So using the variety of tools that you just described, Linda, uh, the types of feedback we got were, uh, we need better communication. The culture is about widgets. The culture is all about the numbers. The culture is about we're afraid to take risks. All we care about are the results. And so taking that feedback from a variety of tools, 
we then stepped back and said, how do we address these? Also, on the feedback journey, when we did the original uh, surveys, I wanted to keep learning more and go deeper and deeper. And one of the things, Linda, you remember also well, last summer I asked you and Stephanie to interview 80 of my leaders and ask about the culture and where are we going in the right direction and what could we do better and what do we do well? What do you want to keep about Revenue Cycle? That ended up turning into a volume of over 100 pages of feedback that we ended up melting down into themes. And those themes included, again, around communication, about teams wanting to learn more, be a part of, we were on our lean journey. They wanted to learn more about lean and how could they embrace lean. They were wanted to change the culture around behavior and leadership. So a number of themes came out and we got our teams involved around that feedback to participate then and how do we take that feedback and turn it into actionable items. And so out of that, we ended up coming up with four groups that left with action plans on how are we gonna address behavior? How are we gonna address getting more development and education out there? How are we gonna change communication? And also a theme came out of how are we gonna reduce meetings? Because meetings came out to be very problematic and people are in too many meetings. So let me share though a couple examples that really came out of that work. Um, Communication. We have almost 2,000 people in Revenue Cycle, and the feedback was, Margaret, we want to see you, we want to hear from you, we don't see you enough, we don't see the senior leaders enough, how do we get a connection? So out of that was, uh, we have revamped our newsletter that crosses our um, whole division, and that newsletter is shared across the entire health system to highlight, again, the wonderful work happening in Revenue Cycle. The second thing we do is we do quarterly a video. I have an amazing creative team, and we put a video together that is sent out um, to our division, and it has key messages in it. One video was around diversity and inclusion. Another video was around all the community service happening throughout a revenue cycle. Another video was just recently released about all of our accomplishments in fiscal year 19. Another video talked about our strategic plan. So it was a great avenue, a great tool, again, to get that connection, that communication. Can I make a comment about the video really quickly? Please do. Uh, I think one of the things that um, you and your team deserve credit for was that you tackled the videos in a very creative way. And so what Margaret hasn't said, and I hope there's a way we can get information about this somewhere, is that her her team all have avatars. We do. <laughs> and they were very thoughtful about how they created the avatars and how they look. And I think the avatars are quite representative. Um, and so even on their project boards right now, those same avatars are present on the, all the different bodies of work and the exemplars around those bodies of work. And so you've taken that thing that started out really small and it's become embedded in the work of the broader operation. And I also would just like to mention, when you talk about teams doing this work, 
We go back to those 80 people we interviewed. Margaret and her team have involved people at the manager level and above um, to do things that I don't think that they were ever used to being included in. And they took it very seriously and they were really impressive when they made their presentations. They were. They were. They took it very seriously. And the avatars, I'll just, just to note, my avatar is 20 years younger and has no gray hair or wrinkles. So I love my avatar. And the Margaret avatar shows up in every video. So it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with the avatars. The other thing, just want to share a couple more examples of what came out of that work. Education and development, lean. We've been on a lean journey. If you're not familiar with lean, it's in the family of Six Sigma. And lean fits very well in revenue cycle. And we have been working on rolling out lean over the last two years. It's been very intentional. Uh, it fits very well into the type of work we do. We have KPI boards in all of our departments. We have daily huddles. Um, we have a Gimba route around our boards. So people were hungry to learn more and participate and get engaged and get involved, which was fantastic to hear all the feedback. And from that, we put together very intentional development programs about getting all of our supervisors and all of our managers through lean training. The other thing that came out was behavior and how important it is to respect one another, uh, to collaborate with one another. So we actually ended up developing a team charter about our behavior. It's morphed over the last two years, but we have it hanging in our administrative area. Um, and we have a new visual management board that we're very, very proud of, of how we manage our business. Because some more feedback that came out of the surveys and the tools was that uh, folks were overwhelmed, they were working in silos, they didn't know what was happening. Uh, so again, we took that feedback very seriously and we have an entire visual management board in our main administrative suite where we gather around once a week for an hour and we talk through what the status is of our projects, who needs help, how do things get resourced, when's the kickoff date, et cetera. And that's, Linda, what you're referring to. We have avatars on each of our projects to make it a little fun. But before we start going through the visual management board, we turn to our leadership behavior charter and we read off um, behaviors we're going to commit to as we go through that visual management board. And it's very, very powerful because it grounds us as we start to go into heated conversations about our initiatives and our projects. And again, we're on the journey to change our culture. So those are a couple examples that give you a sense of how powerful feedback is if you embrace it and if you use it and you get people involved in helping be a part of the solution. Because it, it can't just come from me, the leader. So I'd like to make a comment about observing yeah. your team at the Visual Management Board, which is I've had the privilege of knowing and working with you and your team for a couple of years now. And you're no longer transitioning into your role, but what you are doing is you're really building a robust culture and you've asked us to support you in doing that. So we've known the individuals on your team and what was so remarkable about watching the board last month when we came in and, and, and observed was the self-confidence uh, that the people on your team and your skip levels, people who might even have just been managers had as they were talking about their projects. And one of the things that I'd like to illustrate was the interconnectedness of their work, how they depended on each other, how that affected the workflow. 
And just the really articulate way that they talk to each other about the projects, they ask questions that are really incisive. So the lean methodology has clearly contributed to it, but there's been an evolution in the quality of the conversation in your team that I think if they time traveled back two years, they would be like, I can't believe how different we are, but they may have lived that for two years and they may not really understand how very far they've come. Right, and when we originally got feedback, people were afraid to take risks. And the board allows them to take risks. People have to be prepared to talk about their initiatives, what they need help with, and there's that empowerment that they own it. They're 100% accountable, but there's a team there to support them, and people are rising to the occasion, which is the exciting thing to see with directors, senior directors, managers, and project managers. Well, and I think the thing that struck me about the board was that um, in this current situation that you've evolved for your team, it's not wrong to not know something. It's not wrong to lack resources. What's wrong is to not talk about it if there's something that you need help with. And the level of support and really the positive engagement of the other people as they're figuring out how they can help each other is so matter of fact. It's like it's always been that way when you observe that, Margaret. So I know you and your team have worked really hard on it, but I hope that there's an opportunity for them to step back and really observe themselves and say, you know, good on us for doing what we've done. Yes, yes. I hope so, too. I wish... I don't want to go backwards, but right, we have come a long, long way in two years. It's a completely different team. Also, one more thing about the visual management board, because I get pretty excited about it. Once a project is all the way through, we celebrate as a team. And that was more feedback that came out of the surveys that we didn't take time to celebrate. We didn't take time to thank one another. And uh, again, we're intentional about it now. And the tool the visual management board gives us a formal and informal way, again, to celebrate all those achievements. Well, and we witnessed them moving some things into completion status, and they were pretty excited for each other. Yes. Uh, you know, the one thing I would say is um, the thing about your operation that I think Revenue Cycle's always been known as a very high-performing operation inside Ohio Health. Uh, you know, the organization enjoys a pretty nice cash-on-hand status. <laughs> Yes. And um, it continues to grow in an environment where mo many health systems are struggling. But what's interesting about watching your team is that you haven't traded performance while you've been creating the space to celebrate. I think that there was a, maybe a reason that people weren't celebrating, which was we were performing at such a high level. When we completed one thing, we immediately moved on to another. And it was just taken for granted that everybody was going to perform at that high level. It does take a lot of effort and energy, and it's where they spend most of the time in their life, more than anything else they do. And I just... They, their faces shone when they were talking. That was the thing that was really interesting. Is they lit up when they were so proud and so supportive of each other. And so I, now I sound like an infomercial, so sorry about that. I don't mean to embarrass <laughs> you. But it's really transformative for your team. And, and It is. It is. We're very proud of it. We're proud of it, and we're trying to also share what we've done with other areas throughout Ohio Health so they can steal shamelessly and learn from us because... It didn't just happen. It's been this journey. And the visual management board specifically, we spent days off-site, again, designing and deliberately talking about how it would work and flow. So 
it's just like when you see a gymnast, an Olympic star, and it looks so easy to be on that balance beam. We're almost there, but it's been years, you know, years of hard work getting there. But yeah, very proud of the team where we are. Well, and I can say it because I don't work here. I'm aware that you have some very, uh, some guests from very prestigious health systems who come here and benchmark against the work you do in Lean. And they were here, I think, within a day or two of the last time we were here. Yes. And that's that's uh, to your credit. One thing that was really edifying to hear was when we had our most recent meeting and you talked about what your number one priority is for the next year. Yes. And it is. My number one priority for this fiscal year is culture. That's not a financial metric. No, it's not. <laughs> And that's intentional. I keep using that word intentional, but our, our number one focus this fiscal year is culture. Um, we've been building up, but this is our year. Uh, if you have happy associates, you're gonna have happy patients. And we really believe that. So we are lining up again to focus on culture and really make those connections with our associates and really hardwire our communication and hardwire our behavior and um, hardwire that so it's a part of our culture, our day-to-day speak. And so a year from now, that is a goal of mine, that our culture is being used in every discussion. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about the financials. It's culture, it's a patient experience. And then there's some numbers thrown in there for a goal this year, (laughs) but culture is our number one focus this year. One of the things that you did that you haven't really described fully, um, probably because you're being humble, is that you heard in those interviews that your supervisors weren't getting lean training. And their bosses, the managers, were the people we interviewed. And they were concerned about their supervisors. So what did that cause you to do? So immediately after we received that feedback, we partnered with our lean promotion office And because we knew this gap existed and our managers really wanted our supervisors to have the same level of lean training that they were receiving, uh, we put an entire curriculum together to get our supervisors through lean training um, with cohort groups. So all of our supervisors have gone through extensive lean training now. We also, out of that feedback, we created lean extenders where these are people that are embedded in each of the departments that have learned the skills of lean and are able to support the KPI boards within the individual departments and then support the managers and the supervisors in those areas. Because at the end of the day, no one wants to fail. Everyone wants to succeed. And so the managers were really concerned that if they were leaning on their supervisors to maintain the KPI boards and to follow the lean methodology, they couldn't do that if they didn't have the training. So that was so powerful when that came out of the interviews. Can I make one more comment yes. about the lean? We, we went on Gemba Walks. And it was really interesting because we did it fairly early in the use of the KPI boards. and. We split up and went on different Gemba walks and we came back together and we talked about it. And what was fascinating was is you had people who were individual contributors who were making presentations during these Gemba walks about the work they've been doing and how they have decreased cost, done other things that improve processes in front of senior level executives. So there's some ways that you structure those walks so that they're less intimidating for the individual contributors. Like 
there were some very senior people who were here, and those individual contributors had no idea who they were because everybody introduces themselves only by their first name. And they were so proud, and they were a little nervous, which is not a surprise, but they were so articulate about what the business problem was that they were trying to solve for, how they reduced variability in a process, and what the outcome was. And um, you know, that's clearly not just an outgrow outgrowth of onboarding, but it is a very tangible contribution you've made to the culture in your team. Well, a couple things that that does, I, my mantra is I want to have 2,000 problem solvers. I don't want just Margaret to be the only problem solver. And when people feel empowered and given the gift that, hey, I can raise my hand, I can put a KPI up on the board and, and present it, it's powerful. And then everyone is trying to solve problems um, and make the pay, or provide a better experience for our patients. Uh, when I see frontline associates up at the board presenting a topic that they are passionate about, it's transformational. And that we as leaders are there to help them and guide them through getting their issue addressed, it really is transformational. And that's when uh, associates, you have engagement. That's that culture piece I talked about. Again, when you can embed that problem solving in all the departments and within individuals it's amazing and, and things happen and things start naturally happen and it's not a top-down approach it's a bottom-up approach the associates are the ones that come up with the kpis management does not come up with the key performance indicators for the boards it's associates it's associates that are presenting um, what they're finding as they're tracking the KPIs and their Pareto charts, and they are proud, like you said, Linda. And we, we want to make sure as we're walking, we're humbly asking questions, and we're not being intimidating, and that they can see us as human beings and that we're there to help. And that just level sets the playing field. Um, a lot of people, too, just have a lot of fun with the boards. Uh, they have fun things up. One group created a little retirement community picture for KPIs that they've solved problems and they put them in the retirement community. <laughs> um, a number of things. Some decorate for the holidays. We have a lot of fun with it. We also have a whole work from home crew. We have over 300 people now working from home. We involve them on our Gemba routes as well. They dial in um, with technology today. They can also uh, be a part of that that walk remotely. So uh, super powerful. And that's, again, another tool in our toolbox to build our culture. Well, and I just want to make a really quick comment about culture because, you know, there's as many ways of defining culture as there are humans. And some people are like, well, I know it when I see it. And, you know, you used a pretty regimented way of assessing culture, both through the culture snapshot and through the interviews. And we really talk about culture as being the, the performance climate that you create that causes people to be able to be and feel successful at what they do and walk away being proud of their work. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really good way to think about it here because... It is a values-driven organization, and your people are here for the same reasons that you are here. Yes, yes. We are here um, for a bigger reason than ourselves. And we, our jobs are so important in Revenue Cycle because we're able to, by bringing in the cash and um, working with our patients, again, we are able to continue to fund the amazing healthcare services that Ohio Health delivers in all of these communities. So we take it very seriously. 
And again, that's why it's so important that we're focusing on our associates because they're the ones that make it happen. And it's going to be a great year. Yes, it is. And we can't wait to see it. Thank you so much for joining us, Margaret. Absolutely. Thank you, Linda. Mm -hmm. We hope you enjoyed this interview with Margaret Schuler. To learn more about how feedback can transform your organizational culture, visit our website at www.leaderonboarding.com. While there, you can also order a copy of our book, The Myth of Fit, Unlock New Leader Success with High Impact Onboarding. Thank you for listening to Talent Up, Elevating Leaders.